0: This podcast is brought to you by the City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. How are you guys doing this morning? You're doing good. Did everybody get one of these on your way in this morning? If you did not get one of these cards that has soul surrender on the top, please lift your hand. The ushers will come down. Oh, we got a bunch. We got some over here. Keep your hand up real high. This is something new we're going to be doing uh, for 2018. And basically it's just providing you a note paper to be able to take notes during the messages. And, you know, the... There is some research and some study. You can Google it, too. The more we write things down, the more we remember them. And then when we write things down, it's a precursor to us actually doing them. So our goal with the paper is for you to be, as I'm speaking, as we're reading some verses and different things like that, whatever God is speaking to your heart. Uh, specific to your life and, and whatever's going on in your life that you can write those things down. You don't have to forget them. And if there's a, a verse of scripture that you think is really applies to you, you can write that down, take it home with you. You can read it uh, again in the afternoon. There are pens in the seat pocket in front of you if you didn't bring a pen with you. So uh, that will just help you to take some notes. So, and you know, there's people, different type of people, personalities and different note takers and things like that. If you're a little bit of a perfectionist, Um, you'll, you'll think that you're going to be having a test afterwards. You're going to try to write down every thing I say or every verse. Um, not that I know anything about perfectionists. I might be married to one just saying, uh, but this is not for that. And then some people would be like, I don't even care. I'm not going to write anything down. Let's find a happy medium somewhere in there, a balance, um, where we would find things that are actually very applicable to us that you would write them down. And then you would have this, uh, to take home with you. As, and as we go forward throughout the year, we're not necessarily going to hand them out. They'll be um, at the table as you walk in. You can grab some notepaper on the way in. And we we didn't do fill in the blanks because I don't teach that way. Um, so we kind of just adverse reference and then I'll talk about it. And then whatever things might apply to you, you can write that down. Uh, so we are starting a brand new series today called Soul Surrendering. You know, as we start out the new year, We kind of think a lot of times in terms of making resolutions, some changes that we might want to make in our lives, and those are always great to do. Um, I think any time in life when we have uh, changes that we want to make or maybe we want to step up certain areas um, in our life that we would want to create new disciplines as it relates to the responsibilities that I have right now in this season of life. So I have these responsibilities, and so I want to do those responsibilities better. So I want to add disciplines to those to be able to accomplish those things. And those are always fantastic to do. And we don't necessarily want to do those in January. We want to do those uh, throughout the year. You know, generally speaking, we do uh, physical goals and changing our eating habits and, and exercise and all those different things. And if, you know, you're feeling like you need to do that, that's great, fantastic. Um, but this series, you know, we want to, um, in this series, just discuss some ideas um, that are really important for us, not just in January, but that we can apply throughout the year. And that's always our goal here at the church, that we actually want you to grow in your relationship with God. Um, the, the worship time that we do, we want you to be able to worship God and know him better and experience him. When we're preaching and teaching, our goal is as we read scriptures, that you would become more and more aware of God's word and his character so that you could grow in your relationship with God. Not so much to be excited about us. I mean, if you like us we like that. We like to be liked, just like you. Uh, but we want you to love God, not just like us. That we want you to grow in your relationship with God and always see him as your source, that he's the one that you can always go to. Um, because there are times in life, obviously, where you might not be able to talk to us or Ellen might not be available to lead you in a song. Um, and But you can know that you can have a relationship with God on your own. That's what our our goal is. Um, as a church family, that we would all be growing in our relationship with God. So, the series that we're talking about at the beginning part of the year is soul surrender, and it's not necessarily something that we is big in our culture. This idea of surrendering or submitting or yielding to someone else. You know, the culture right now is very. People are are, are very excited about talking about their own truth that they've discovered truth that is specific to them. And theoretically, then we would have 7 billion or more versions of the truth. And so but people want to trumpet their opinions everywhere and, and we would, you know, it's very important for us to say what we believe and this is what we think and no one's allowed to disagree with us. And then as we would look at the word of God, that God actually wants us to surrender to him. That a lot of times when we think about if, you know, depending on how much you watch politics or you're involved in political discussions, if you've ever watched any political discussions, you know, on TV, you will never see a political discussion take place on television where people of opposing views will stop in the middle of the discussion and be like, you know what? That was a really good point. We could never do that in a political discussion. We always have to say that they're wrong regardless. Even if they came up with a good idea. And so yielding or surrendering or submitting is not something that we aren't necessarily used to. But God actually wants us to yield our lives to him. He wants us to submit our lives to him. Really important for us to think about. And let's start talking about this from the scripture. Third John chapter 1. There's only one chapter in the epistle of John. Third John 1. And it says this, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified of your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So John is writing to the church. And then he talks about this idea that you know, that it may go well with you, verse 2, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So the starting place of, of a life that starts out well in God is not necessarily something external, but it actually starts out with the inside of us, that God actually wants our hearts, that God is desirous of our hearts. He's desirous of our affection and our love, and he's desirous of us to surrender to him, to submit our lives to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, it says, I cling to your, if you cling to life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. John said that how things would go in our soul. And then Jesus is saying to us, if we cling to our life, we're actually going to lose it. Now, that same word there that's translated life is the same word that we just read in 3 John that says soul. Now, that word soul means the seat of your feelings, desires, and affection. In other words, the center of who you are. Who you are is not just your body. Who you are is the person looking out through your eyes. The person who thinks and feels and considers and makes choices the seat of that, that the centerpiece of your life, that we would be yielding our souls to God, that we would be giving our lives to God. And Jesus, if we read his words there, we could say that Jesus is not looking for a low level of commitment. He's not be like, hey, 15% of your life is fine or 15% of your heart or or 23% of your affection is fine. He is saying, if you cling to your life, If you're going to hold on to the center of who you are, you're you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, Jesus is saying, you will actually find it. That we will find our lives in God. That we will find our lives in who God says that we are. Not just doing our own thing. Not just expressing our own opinions. Not just being clear what my desires are and what I feel today. No, that we're actually going to find our life in the purposes of God. I'm not going to just hold on to it and do what I can do and do what I can think. No, Jesus is saying, and once again, because of the resurrection, we take this very seriously. If we lose our life in him, we'll find it we will find our lives surrendering to god surrendering all of who we are to god so as we talk about this this is what we're going to be talking about in this series what are those ways that we should and need to surrender our life to god because we can just say i surrender my life i'm not exactly sure what that means is it just something i say in church No, we're going to talk about, in very specific terms, what are the areas that God actually wants us to surrender to him? And then the second part is, how does that play out in my life? How does that outwork in my life? If I am submitting to God in all of these areas that we're going to discuss in this series, what does it mean from day to day? How am I supposed to do that? So that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. So let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 3, and we'll get started this morning. Hebrews chapter 3. Now, in this portion of scripture in Hebrews chapter three, the writer is discussing with us the Old Testament uh, and specifically uh, the children of Israel, that first generation that came out of Egyptian bondage. We mentioned Moses last week and how he was the leader of that group. So the writer in Hebrews is talking about the Old Testament. What's great about the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures, is it is a record of a group of people that we can really identify with. Sometimes they just did some really stupid stuff. And they made a bunch of mistakes. And that's what's great about how honest those scriptures are. Uh, It's it's a bunch of things to do. And then it's a bunch of other things not to do. A bunch of things to avoid. In other words, learn from our mistakes. We're going to write them down so you don't repeat them. So as the writer of Hebrews is looking back at the Old Testament, he's showing some things, pointing out some things. Hey, this is what they did. Let's not repeat it. Here's some of the things they did. Here's some things to avoid. But then also, here's some things that we can learn. So let's read it here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. It says this, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. Have they not known my ways? As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest take care brothers lest there be in any any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god so in other words here's what they did and so we want to watch that we don't have this heart in us but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin for we have come to share in christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For, you, for who were those who heard yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief so these two different sections that we just read there's a lot of repetition in there and there's some things that we're seeing that they did that we should avoid and the first thing that we see right at the beginning is like uh don't harden your heart in other words that we wouldn't that we would have um a heart where nothing could get in we need to have a soft pliable humble heart So that God could speak to us. But what was true about this generation? uh, They were led by Moses through the Red Sea. They walked through and dry ground and saw amazing miracles. But as it related to God's voice, they had a hard heart. They saw an amazing miracle, but they didn't actually follow the ways of God. And then he calls them rebellious because they didn't have a soft heart. They didn't enter into the rest of God. They didn't put their trust in God and rest in him. He says, don't be like that. Don't be like that group. They were unbelieving. They had a hard heart. We should want and desire to learn from this group of people. That we would have soft, surrendering hearts to God. That we would just yield ourselves when God is speaking to us. Hey, uh, you know, we need to hear his voice. Don't, don't harden your heart. Now here's something really big. And, and it's sometimes very difficult for people to understand. How is it that I hear the voice of God? Cause here it's saying that we wouldn't harden our hearts to the voice of God, but how is it that I hear the voice of God? Um, you know, last week we talked about Moses, you know, Moses experienced a burning bush that they were, uh, he was out there in the wilderness and a, and a bush caught on fire. And then God spoke through the bush. Should I be doing that? Should I be standing in my backyard in the middle of the freezing winter here in Canada with, you know, snow, drenched bushes, and there's ice all over it and just stand there and just wait for God to speak to us? Is this what we should be doing? We have these, you know, amazing experiences sometime in the scriptures, these exceptional experiences, and sometimes we think, well, you know, if I'm going to hear from God, that's how I need to hear the voice of God. I'm actually going to have to hear something with my physical ears. Or I'm going to have to get some famous preacher to, to prophesy over me. Or I got to call somebody's, you know, a famous ministry. I got to call their 1-800 number. And then I, I have to get them to say something specific because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to hear the voice of God. So I'm assuming, you know, if somebody's on TV or somebody's on the internet. They must somehow know to hear the voice of God. So I'll just call them. And get them to say something and that they'll say, you know, depending on your, thus saith the Lord this. And then I'll know exactly what I'm supposed to do because this famous person will tell me what to do. How is it that I am going to hear the voice of God? A lot of people do this and I give this illustration all the time. But it's worth repeating because people say stuff to me all the time something like this. And they will say, you know, uh, and they will think, you know, if I'm supposed to marry this person, if I'm supposed to take this job, if I'm supposed to take this major in school, God, I just pray that within the next hour, you'll have two red cars past my house. And then I'll know for sure that I should marry this person looking for external things to lead us. And then people say things like this, everything happens for a reason. And then they'll take from it things that happen to us. They'll take, oh, then God must be saying this to me because this thing happened to me. Let's read in the New Testament some verses that will help us tremendously along these lines. Romans chapter 8. And this is for sure some verses that you want to write down. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Says this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And what does that mean? It just means Daddy God. In other words, that we would have a close relationship with God. That he wouldn't be distant. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, our spirit. Scripture says in John chapter 4 that God is spirit. And just like uh, we would see in the New Testament, that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us, those of us that follow Jesus, God comes and he indwells us by his spirit. So these verses tell us Now, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, how God is leading us so that we don't chase other things, that we don't chase after super spectacular things and actually miss the voice of God who's speaking to us all of the time. How is God speaking to us? Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So where is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is down on the inside of us. God indwells us by his spirit. So our expectation for God to lead me is going to be on the inside of me. I don't actually have to hear something external. I don't have to hear a voice from heaven. I don't have to hear something from a burning bush. I don't have to have a vision. I mean, if God chooses to give us one of those things, great, fantastic. But those things are not the norm. Those are the exceptions, not the rule in the new covenant. That God is speaking to his children by his spirit, that God is going to be leading us down on the inside of us, showing us things to come, not just, oh, I need to hear something. I need to hear something with these ears. I need to see something spectacular. No, for those of us that are the children of God, God is going to be leading us. And then he said in verse 15, for he did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That I wouldn't be led by fear. That I wouldn't be making choices and decisions based on fear. That I would be making decisions based on the spirit of God on the inside of me. Leading me. Guiding me. This should be our expectation. Not looking for something spectacular. Not trying to hear voices. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? I know I did that when I was a kid. I would be like, okay God. Went to church today. And they talked about the voice of God. So if you're really real God. God say something right now nothing people i was ignorant of these verses that god was wasn't leading me by speaking to my physical ears he was down on the inside of me leading me because why because i'm his child He's not leaving me alone to try to figure out things based on stuff happening to me and then trying to decipher the will of God based on things that are coming my way, some good, some bad. No, we don't decipher the will of God by those things. God is leading us down on the inside of us, not stuff happening to us. I've heard so many Christians say, well, this thing happened to me, so God must be telling me. And it's some negative thing. It's something from the enemy. It's something that the scripture would define as something from the devil. And then somehow they think God is trying to teach them something based on this thing that's happening to them. No. Let's go back to the word of God. Those that are the sons and daughters of God. They are going to be led by the spirit of God. So this is what we want and need in our lives, that we would know the voice of God for us in 2018. The greatest thing that we could know in 2018, the greatest thing that can happen to us, is that we would have the voice of God in our hearts, and our minds, so that we would know God's plans, that we could make the choices that we need to make. And once again, the scripture helps us to decipher what the word of God is to us. Now, the first thing that, that I would say about understanding the will of God is that we would look at Jesus. And as we said, you know, during Christmas, there's a big story in the scripture. And if we look at the gospels, we see all these stories and we can understand the will of God, especially by looking at the life and ministry of Jesus. So we get, we familiarize ourselves with the word of God, who is Jesus, and then we can understand the voice of God more in our lives. But we get some other practical insight from the book of Proverbs. And it says this in the book of Proverbs chapter 2. What does the voice of God sound like in my heart? It's not something that I'm looking to hear out here. But what does the voice of God sound like down on the inside of me? Because if God dwells on the inside of me, what does it sound like? How am I supposed to decipher it? Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What does the Lord give? The Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What does the voice of God sound like down on the inside of us? The voice of God down on the inside of us sounds Like wisdom. Some very practical ideas about wisdom. Wisdom would say that something that I would choose today, I would look at it and consider it and think about it and I would see how it would affect my tomorrow. And when we make a wise choice, things work out well. Have you ever made a wise choice? Made a really good wise choice and you look back at it and you think that was a really good choice. Is anybody out there? Have you ever made a really dumb choice? Stupid choice. And then at the end of it, you're like, what was I thinking? And a lot of times we make those stupid choices and we look back and we say to ourselves or to somebody else, I actually knew better what was happening in those moments. We were deciding not to listen to the voice of God, not listen to the voice of wisdom. But if we were to look back at those decisions that we made in life that really turned out well. That really turned into a blessing or really turned into something amazing? Do you know that God was leading us in those moments? And sometimes we didn't even know. Because you're not that smart. I'm not that smart. We look back and we're like, I'm a genius. I did that and this happened and I met this person and this thing happened. (laughs) I'm so smart. No, the wisdom of God was speaking to your heart. God's voice down on the inside of us. The word of God to you sounds like wisdom. How do we define wisdom? I found some amazing definitions of wisdom. Listen to these. Wisdom is intellectual virtues. Wisdom is insight. Prudence, shrewdness, wits. Wisdom is intensely practical, not just theoretical. See, sometimes, once again, we're we're looking for the wisdom of God and we're looking for something, you know, whatever. We're looking for lightning bolts. And it's just really, really practical. Helping us get where we need to go. Helping us to avoid pitfalls. Wisdom is the voice of God in our lives. Wisdom is the, I love this one, wisdom is the art of being successful. Why? Because I'm going to do this thing now and it's going to turn out a certain way. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for the wisdom of God. Listen to this. Wisdom is forming the correct plan to gain the desired results. We all have, you know, visions and dreams and places that we want our lives to go. And we have these things that God gives us. So what do we need? We need the steps to get there following the plan of God to get to the thing that we think God has for us. And this is how God does. He orders our steps, the steps of wisdom. Why? Because you got to do this, and you got to go there, and you got to meet this person, you got to go to this class, you got to do this thing, and then you'll get to the place. No, I just want to get to the end result. I just want to get to where I need to be five years from now, but well, you don't need to be there yet. But what you need is the next step to take to get you to the place where you're supposed to be five. Why just need shortcuts? No, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to the wisdom of God. God is ordering our steps, not our leaps and bounds. He's ordering our steps. How is He ordering our steps? By wisdom. I don't I'm not looking for something external. I'm not trying to hear something with these ears. He's down on the inside of me. He's leading me. He's given he speaks wisdom. That's why Hebrews said, you know, uh, don't have an unbelieving heart. Have a believing heart. Believe that God is able to lead you. Believe that God can get his wisdom to you more than you can mess it up. Believe that God is showing us things down on the inside. I'm not just looking looking for the externals. I'm not just looking for something dramatic. Just small, really good decisions. And then another small, really good decision. And then a really good daily choice. I choose this every day. Can you think of some things? Whether it relates to your body... Your relationships. Here's something good for your relationships, for your marriages, for your kids. How about these three amazing words? I love you. Do You think that would help anybody's relationship? We just said that every day. Anybody out there this morning? We just said, hey, you know what? I love you. Thank thank you for that. That thing that you do every day that we take for granted, thank you. And then we do that, and then we do it, and then we do it, and then we do it for a month, and we do it for two months, we do it for three months, we do it for four months. What is that? That takes us somewhere in our relationships. Wisdom is the center of moral and intellectual decision making. That's a good one. The center of moral and intellectual decision-making. Now, let's just talk about other people for a moment. Have you ever seen somebody make a stupid moral decision? And then where did it take them? Not to a good place, right? And so we'll, we'll include ourselves with them. But that's been us sometimes. But we, we, we should learn from our mistakes, right? I mean, we can keep remedi- uh, repeating our mistakes or we can learn from them and then make the wise choice. And it's easy to look at people like, oh, stupid decision. And oh, look at that stupid decision. But, but we don't want to repeat those same things. We actually want to have the wisdom of God. We want to avoid those moral pitfalls that other people have made. And we can learn from their mistakes. That's what the Old Testament is there for. That we wouldn't repeat those mistakes. Listen to this wisdom is technical skill. Wisdom is technical skill. This is, man, this is something we could put to practice in our careers. That we would make skillful choices. And a lot of this has to do with just thinking, people, thinking and praying. Sometimes, once again, I I feel like we're looking for really spectacular things, and all we need to do a little bit is just slow down, and this thing is going on, and this thing is going on, and this thing is going on, and if I would just slow down, and I would just take a break from my phone, and I would just take a break from TV, and I would be like, okay, God, I've got this choice to make, I've got this thing to do, and just sit and pray and think. What is the wise choice? What is the thing that's going to take me to the desired result? That, that, I, that I'm going to make these wise choices to get me there. Slow down. That I would think and I would pray. And I would surrender myself to the wisdom of God. Surrender myself to the voice of God. The voice of God will take me where he wants me to go. So he's giving me wise steps. He's not abandoning me. He hasn't left me alone. That he's with me and he's showing me and he's giving me wisdom. Proverbs chapter 13, sorry, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 says Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, talking about wisdom. And nothing you can desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleas- ways of pleasantness and her- all of her paths are peace. She-, she is a tree of life to those who lay hold on her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord... By wisdom founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens. How did the Lord the Lord found the earth? By by wisdom. And it's the same way He's gonna do with you. The same way He's gonna establish your life. How's He gonna do it? By wisdom. Speaking to you in your heart, not external things. The wise choice to make the thing to do today that will take me to this next step so that I'll do the next wise thing because you just see what what, this is a great list of benefits isn't it that go along with wisdom there's this in this hand and there's this in this hand and where did all of that come from It, it all came from the from wisdom it all came from the voice of God That the writer of Hebrews said, don't harden your heart. Don't just do your own thing. Well, I know better. And this is what I want. And this is what I think I should do. And this is what the culture says that I can do. Don't don't harden your heart. Yield yourself. Submit yourself. Surrender your heart to the voice and wisdom of God. Here's something great about church. Job chapter 12, verse 12 says this. Wisdom is with the aged. Does anybody want to claim that word this morning? Aged. Do we have any aged people in the house? Well, let's, let's define aged this way. Somebody who's older than you. In other words, somebody who's gone a little bit uh, ahead and maybe who's, you know, somebody who's gone through that school or made that career choice or maybe somebody who just got married and you need to uh, work out your wedding details or somebody who just had a baby and you're getting ready to have a baby and the list goes on and on and all the way up to empty nesters and all the way I'm getting ready to retire and all that. Somebody who's gone ahead has a little bit of the wisdom of God on the inside of them. Are you out there? And this is the beautiful thing about community at church. that we all can have these wonderful discussions with each other and we can all, you know, help each other. Why? Because some wisdom that we've gained because some of the experiences that we have. Uh, wisdom is with the age and an understanding and length of days. With God our wisdom and might, he has counsel and understanding. Counsel, counsel is such a good thing. See, and here's, here's how we would, we would think about it well, do I need to go to somebody and then they're going to prophesy something to me and they're going to say, thus saith the Lord to me and then I'll know for sure what I need to do. Now, how, how about wise conversations? You know, sometimes people uh, want to get together with me because they, they, you know, I'm the pastor and they think, well, surely the pastor will know what I need to do in my life. Here's a clue, I don't. I don't exactly know what the decisions are that you need to make. And a lot of times I get together with people and, and, and they'll say something to me kind of like, you know, uh, here's kind of what I'm thinking about. And I feel like I need to do this. And, and I feel like I need to make this choice. And at the end of all of the things that they say, you know what I say back to them? I say back to them exactly what they said to me. Well, remember you said, you see, it seems like you should do this. And I'm like, maybe you should do that. And it seems like I should, you know, maybe take this course. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe you should do that. And I feel like I need to make this uh, step with my business. And I say back in great wisdom, maybe you should do that. Because listen, the will of God for you is not in someone else's head or someone else's heart. It's on the inside of you. And if anybody could speak any wisdom to you or give you some counsel or give you advice, they're already affirming what's on the inside of you. Sometimes we just need to bounce it off of somebody else. And who are we going to do it? Well, well, someone who's a little bit ahead of us. And if God ever uses you to be able to be a blessing to someone along these lines, don't get a card made that says you're the prophet of the New Testament. All you are is the UPS guy or the FedEx guy, whichever one you like, or DHL. You're just the delivery person. You ain't nothing. It is God's voice of wisdom to somebody else. Anything that benefits somebody else through you, it came from God. It didn't come from your amazingness. And God only used you in his grace. He used a donkey in the Old Testament so he can use me. So it's not for us to get the big head and, oh my gosh, the Lord used me to bless you. Forget that. Forget it. Here's what you do. You love people. And if God uses you to bless somebody else, all glory to God. James 3 verse 13 says... Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom, soft, malleable heart. That I can hear the voice of God. What does the voice of God sound like? The voice of God sounds like wisdom. That I can hear what God wants me to know. that I can think about it and I can consider it and that I can have a conversation with somebody that I trust who's a little bit further ahead than me. And I can be humble and I can surrender myself to the voice of God. Proverbs 11 verse 2, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom with the humble, the ones that realize you don't know it all, that we don't know it all. We haven't got it all figured out. See, if we haven't got it all figured out, then we can hear what God is saying to us. If we've got it all figured out, then there's pride there. We're really wrong. But if we can humble ourselves, God can be speaking and it's so much easier to hear when you realize you don't know everything. And we've humbled ourselves, not just to what culture would tell us, but whatever God would be saying to us, last thing, and this should be our prayer. Psalm 40, verse eight. I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. Law just means the word of God. Word of God is the will of God. Where is it? Where is it? It's in my heart. It's not in external signs. It's not at 1-800-PROPHECY. It's down on the inside of us. And that we would humble ourselves to say, God, I delight to do your will. I want to do the wise thing because the wise thing is your word. And the your word is your will for me. Let's just pray this morning. God, we, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you give us all wisdom today. As we look over our lives for 2018, God, we have a, a bunch of choices to make. We've got relational choices, we've got educational choices, career choices, family choices, financial choices. God, we know that your wisdom is close and our expectation is, Lord, that you will be speaking to our hearts because your word says so, Lord, that we are your sons and daughters and you dwell on the inside of us. God, we just thank you, Lord, for the the people that you will connect us to. And we, we thank you, Lord, for your favor on our lives, that you are leading us and guiding us to those wise choices, that you give us skill, Lord. That we would see and know your voice. That we would see and know your plans. Because your voice to us is the voice of wisdom. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.